0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
1: in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Unbody. Appreciate you guys tuning into the pod as we kick off another week for you guys with a position preview of the running backs, and we'll get to that shortly shortly. But we do have two pieces of news that hit SMU over the weekend. Kind of minor in a way, but noteworthy nonetheless. And we'll start off with those. The first one is quality control coach Blake Brockermeyer leaving SMU football to coach his sons and Fort Worth All Saints on the offensive line. And that's Blake Brockermeyer heading off to the high school ranks. Two seasons on staff as a quality control uh, defensive assistant working with the defensive line with Coach Joyner and Coach Dearson before that. Now he's heading to the high school ranks to coach his two sons for the final high school season of theirs. Tommy and James Brockemeyer, two of the best offensive linemen in the country. Those two will get their dad as their coach for their final high school season, which is going to be really special for them. And this is something that's been in the works for a while, I think, whether it was Blake leaving the staff after they were done with their high school careers or just leaving after this year to go ahead and uh, be able to enjoy their college careers as they get set to make their decisions. LSU, Bama, Texas are among the schools that they're really considering, I would say. And so the timing with everything going on, I think was just right for him to go ahead and head to the high school ranks and then go from there with his coaching career, which I think is at the high school level so that he can go to uh, Tommy and James's college games, wherever they do end up playing those on the weekends. And so uh, a big loss. I mean, in a way, SMU loses a former NFL offensive lineman and one that had a lot of respect on the staff. But he gets to switch over to the offensive line, which is something I think he wanted to do. And then on the flip side, SMU added a former All-American linebacker in Joe Deneen to the uh, coaching staff. And he's going to be a graduate assistant. He was an All-American linebacker at... Kansas, which is where SMU is actually starting to build quite the uh, ties to a lot of the coaching staff has uh, spent time at Kansas at one point in their careers. I mean, whether that is uh, Garrett Riley, who is the offensive coordinator there for, or excuse me, passing game coordinator there for a minute. Uh, AJ Ricker also spent time there. Tyler Olker, who's the director of recruiting operations, has been there. Jeff Jordan has been there. So uh, a good bit of ties to the Kansas football program on this SMU coaching staff. And they add another here in Joe Dineen, who's really, uh, really an impressive uh, college player for the Jayhawks, leading the Big 12 uh, in, t- in solo tackles and leading the FBS in tackles uh, as well. Solo tackles and then ranking right up there in total tackles, especially in his final uh, year uh, with the Jayhawks. He spent the past two NFL seasons kind of spending time on practice squad, whether it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars or having a free agent deal with the Denver Broncos. And he opted to go ahead and call it quits on his NFL career and and get into the coaching side of things. And Kevin Kane, a former Kansas linebacker, who's yet another tie uh, to that Kansas program, talked with him a lot about the move and uh, got him on board late last week. or or during last week, he had made the announcement that his career was over and he was headed to SMU. And so I like this. I like adding quality former players to the program. We've seen it work out uh, with guys like Randall Joyner, Rashad Samples uh, was was a solid college player when healthy. And so, uh, look, I mean, this is kind of a minor move in, in the grand scheme of things, but just kind of a shake up there on the probably the defensive side of the coaching staff with and with I would expect being a graduate assistant on the defensive side, having been a linebacker and uh, a very decorated one at that. He was an All-American uh, after his uh, senior season in Lawrence. So those are two of the quick little moves we had to address here on the podcast. And now we'll jump into the running backs. And this is a position that really i think is the most uh i think unproven on the roster i think there's there's little doubt in that but they've got a trio of running backs right now that i think have kind of emerged as the lead group of guys battling for that starting job and the wild card in it and if you hadn't read our wild card piece on pony stampede that i put on over the weekend tyler levine a former walk-on who played some snaps as a freshman for SMU uh, and was put on scholarship late in the spring. He's one of those guys that could end up being a big difference maker at that position. 5'11", 220. He got some carries against USF. Nine carries for 38 yards and a touchdown on his season. Was primarily on special teams, but I think in terms of the big back role that SMU loses without Kamen Freeman on the team anymore, he's somebody that, fits that role very well. He knows the offense. He's been uh, really kind of an underrated player in spring ball. Uh, He had a good start to spring practice. And he's somebody that, when talking with a lot of the coaches, they're confident can carry some of the load next year. And so he's somebody to watch as as somebody who could surprise and end up being the starter, quite honestly. But I think the, the most buzz I hear is around Ulysses Bentley the former CE King quarterback who made the transition to running back as a true freshman last year while redshirting. If you ever stopped by an SMU practice, he is among the most explosive players on the roster. And I think that transition to running back just kind of took a little bit longer than they might've expected. And granted it, it's a quarterback going to running back and it's a tough position to kind of change to. I mean, It really is, especially coming from the offense that C.E. King ran. But Ulysses Bentley is probably one of the fastest players on the roster. I mean, he and Reggie Robertson, when I was out there doing that behind-the-scenes piece in the spring on SMU's workouts, they're running neck and neck. And so he redshirted last year, only had seven carries for 36 yards, had a reception for 30 yards. But they're really excited about what he brings to the table from a speed perspective and just being that explosive punch that, honestly, even with Xavier Jones healthy, he's not a breakaway guy by any means, but he's got the talent to, to do that. But Bentley has that elite speed. And if he hits the hole and it's open, I mean, he can break one. And so I think entering year two in the program, they're expecting him to have a big year. And then T.J. McDaniel, who had a lot of playing time as a true freshman, didn't redshirt and emerged with that big game against Texas State uh, as his debut for the program, really, that caused him to not redshirt anymore. He ended up playing in 11 games and finished third with 236 yards on 41 attempts. Uh, But his big, big game was 150 yards rushing and three touchdowns against Texas State. And then he added three reception, receptions for 31 yards over the course of uh, the 2019 season. And coming out of South Lake Carroll, he was super productive. He was the Landry Award winner in the Dallas area. He was second team All-State. He added 2,100 yards and 34 touchdowns as a senior. And his testing numbers were very, very strong as well for a running back. And there's a lot of belief in what TJ McDaniel can bring to the table. But I think right now, all eyes are on Ulysses Bentley to to be that breakout, honestly star in the backfield because of how explosive he is. And if he can put it together on the field, under the lights, that's what they're waiting on. And that's what SMU needs more than anything is one of these running backs to take that role and and really step up in a big way that they need because Xavier Jones and Kamen Freeman are no longer on the roster. Uh, having graduated and moved on now, and so they have three backs that are very unproven, and this is where, as you enter the final season for Shane Bouchelle, they need to be able to run the football. That Sonny Dykes, that's something Sonny Dykes is really stressed. I think since he's taken over the program as well, he's an air raid guy. He said running the football and playing defense. Uh, is a key to winning a championship. And I think the development of the running back room is, is a big key to that because if they can pick up those third and shorts, those goal line situations, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Shane. It's going to force defenses to respect the run game, give Shane a little bit more time in the passing game. And so all eyes are on these guys to, to really, to, to make a difference and to step up. And, and replace what SMU lost in Xavier Jones and Cayman Freeman. And I think adding Garrett Riley to the staff, bringing some of the concepts from Appalachian State, one of the best teams in the country in terms of running the football each year, that was something that caught Sonny Dykes' eye when he added him to the staff. And so I'm interested to see how they create new ways to run the football. It might not look very different to the naked eye, but I do know they're adding different concepts And they're trying to get these running backs in different situations to let them be as productive as they could possibly be. And uh, so I think the running back position has a chance to surprise some people for SMU this year. But at the same time, they are three different running backs. They bring three different, you know, overall styles to the table. And I think that's a plus for the offense. And so the running back room could be the key to this offense taking that next step. And, and exploding uh, in the 2020 season and, and being able to run the football when they want to. And that's the key for SMU's offense, I think, to take the next step in terms of efficiency, in terms of third downs, in terms of the red zone, which has been a huge priority for Sonny Dykes in this in this offseason. So we're watching the running backs as closely, I think, as anyone as the season gets going, as fall camp gets going, and their development is key to SMU being successful in the 2020 season. So with that, that was kind of some initial thoughts on the running back position. I think overall, it's pretty cut and dry in terms of what needs to happen. They've got to continue to develop. I think it'll be a running back by committee until they find maybe a hot hand or maybe over the course of a game, that's how they go about it. But the running back room has a chance to be really, really good. They've got plenty of talent. They're just young. And unproven, and a lot of people thought they might have gone after a, a graduate transfer running back. But at this point, I don't see it happen. Happening, they entered the spring wanting to see those guys take off and 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 really develop. And of course, that was sh- cut short. But at the same time, again, they have three guys they feel like could be really good, and then they do have a veteran in Tamaric in Williams, who's a redshirt sophomore, I should say, as kind of the veteran of the bunch. Uh, but he hasn't really proven much and who knows what could happen with him if he falls down the depth chart maybe just maybe he makes a move to linebacker but I think with the depth being what it is at running back he'll probably stay there this year and then we'll see how things shake out uh, in the back half of his career but overall the running back is really a boom or bust position for SMU entering the 2020 season with that guys we're going to take a quick break from the Pony Stampede podcast we're going to touch on a hodgepodge of issues uh, and, and news and notes and things like that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder, guys, to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell us what you would like to see on the pod, uh, whether that be topics covered, whether that that is questions answered. Feel free to tweet at us or leave us a review on the podcast page, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And a quick reminder to subscribe to Pony Stampede. You can do so for just a dollar for that first month. See if you like it for just a buck and then move on from there if you don't. But we like to think that you guys would stick around as things heat up over the summer because SMU is returning to campus here very soon with the rest of the team expected, or excuse me, the first part of the team expected to return June 15th. That's something that we have reported on the site. Before And then the rest of the team will come July 6th as they move SMU back on campus in waves. They want to be very careful with this. They're going to test for COVID. They're going to do everything that they can to make sure that they do this in a safe way and a responsible way as they get ready for fall camp over the coming months uh, this summer. But SMU is set to return to campus here very soon. Uh, The players that have been rehabbing have been allowed back since July one. And then the rest of uh, kind of the local area players will return on July, uh, June 15th. And then July 6th is the next target date for a lot of the other players to get back on campus. So they're going to be working players back on campus in waves. Uh, they'll still be doing team meetings. And then they'll uh, once they'll hit campus, they'll be a part of the workouts, the voluntary workouts with Coach Kaz and all of those guys as they prepare for fall camp. And I think... You know that's the right way to do it. That's I think that's really the first I've heard of waves uh, in terms of waves of players doing it. A lot of colleges are kind of saying, okay, June eighth. As you're listening to the podcast, you can return, or some are doing. You know, July six, everybody can return. But I think getting some of these local guys who would otherwise be working out uh, on their own anyway, getting them back on campus is a good step to getting them ready to go for the season. So that started. Uh, I do want to point out that we do have a Q&A with Judah Bell, who talks about his move from wide receiver to tight end and what that means. But most importantly, we had a big story on how Judah really helped produce SMU's one-team video, which was a big pledge to fight racial injustice and to fight everything that that is going on right now. And it was a really, really, I think, a, a good read on his thinking and A lot of the teams thinking with with everything going on so encourage you guys to check that out on the site as well Uh, we've also made a new crystal ball pick for quite a big name to join smu at some point so check that out as well on pony stampede we drop that uh over the weekend as well over the coming weeks we're going to be out more and more as as local camps start to heat up i think some guys that i want to highlight that have been at least posting workout videos uh, have, have been some of the commits like Isaiah and Wokabia has been a constant uh, at, at a lot of these training sessions around the Dallas area. He's looked good in drills. I, I still think he's poised for a big senior year. And then Brandon Epton was out playing seven on seven over the weekend, made a highlight reel grab uh, that you can check out on Twitter as well. And he looks really, really good. And he's looking to build off of a really strong junior year that saw him average around eight yards a carry. So a lot of these guys I think are chomping at the bit to get back on the field and get back to working. And a lot of them are doing just that. Area high schools are able to return uh, to their workouts today on June 8th. The UIL has allowed that. So you're going to start seeing a lot of these guys start to prepare for their senior years. And we're hoping to get out to a lot of those workouts as well and, and see how they look because we missed spring ball. We missed a lot of the spring camps, but that means these, these guys have had to work out on their own and now they're back. And and working out uh, with their high school teams or with their trainers and whatnot. So uh, that is kind of what's coming down the pipeline here as things start to open up here. And then a quick highlight here is Sonny Dykes was on the bottom line with 1300 AM and Chip Brown, our buddy at 24-7, who has a radio show in, in Austin. And I think he made some really good points on, I think, how the offense could change a little bit and we've kind of reported this and Sonny basically kind of you know came out and said it is that it's not going to look very different in 2020 it's still going to look like a power spread but I think some of the air raid concepts in terms of how the program is run offensively are going to start to show themselves even more Uh, and and to quote him uh, and I go back to what I said earlier about the running backs. He said, I'm a, I've been a believer that if you want to win a championship, you've got to be able to run the football and play good defense. Those two things go hand in hand, and we've got to continue to get better at running the ball. We made some strides last year, but Garrett's a sharp young coach and is doing a great job for us. That's him talking about Garrett Riley, the new offensive coordinator for SMU. And he pointed to simplicity, fundamentals, and SMU is going to try to play a little bit faster than they did last year, which I think with the second year quarterback in uh, Shane Buchel as a starter, that's something you always want to do. And I think it's going to really give them more opportunities to score anytime you're running more plays. That gives the offense that much more opportunities to, to make big plays and to, to score and, and all of those things. And I think it's just kind of a program philosophy that they want to have. They want to be able to run a bunch of plays, put up points, something they did very well in 2019. Don't get me wrong, a, a top 10 offense, top 10 uh, in yards and scoring. But there were times where that offense just bogged down at the wrong times, whether it be the Navy game that really stands out or just certain situational football that they want to get right. And Sonny kind of addressed that at the tail end of his interview uh, and quite quite bluntly, uh, they were uh, making the joke that Jake Spavittal, the Texas State head coach who SMU opens with on the road in San Marcos, uh, he said, uh, you know, Jake had some questions for us that he wants to ask, and I'm sure he does, but uh, Jake Spavittal knows Sonny Dykes very well, having been his offensive coordinator at Cal. He's got that Texas State program, I think, with a chance to be on the rise here pretty pretty soon uh, with, with the way he runs that program, and Look, SMU is going to be heavily favored in, in that opening game, but still a lot of respect for what Jake Spavital is doing at Texas State from the SMU program because of uh, Sonny Dykes' ties and him knowing Jake uh, in the past as well. So uh, if you want more on that interview, we actually transcribed the whole thing for you on Pony Stampede, so I encourage you guys to check that out. But with that, uh, not too much else to touch on outside of SMU basketball. Tim Jankovic came out and and said that the program won't hold any mandatory activities on Election Day, allowing the the players to go ahead and vote, get out and vote uh, if they want to, and and have that opportunity and not be tied down by any team activities. So uh, that's something also that I wanted to note. Tim Jankovic coming out after his meeting with his own players with everything going on and and, uh, coming up with that resolution as a part of the many things that they're going to do with the program to uh, help fight racial injustice. And it's been a big storyline nationally and and certainly in the area with SMU football and basketball both being out at some of the protests locally, whether it's handing out water or actually protesting. So good on them to uh, allow the players, of course, to do that exercise. their right. But with that, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope everyone has a safe week. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of The Pod and subscribing to the site. We'll be back later this week with another edition.
0: From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives.
1: I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on
0: Paramount+. Plus. Yes!